yeah. Todos están pendientes a ti, pero tú puesta para mí, Ajá. haciendo que me odien más, porque todos te quieren probar. Lo que no saben es que no te dejas llevar de cualquiera. What's up, footy fans? Welcome to the 13th episode of Backyard Footy with your host Hugh Roberts, where each episode I dive into the journeys and experiences of professional athletes and debate current soccer topics. Backyard Footy is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network of Podcasts. That's BGN.FM on the internet. You can also follow them on Twitter at the BGNFM. I have my featured guest here with me, Matt Turner. A little background on us. I met Matt my last year in Richmond in 2016. He was with the Revolution, but he was on loan with us for at least seven games, and we were just winners. He came for all those seven games. We probably won five of the seven with one draw and one loss, I believe. He also stayed with me and Alex Lee. Alex Lee was my featured guest on episode nine of Backyard Footy. So he stayed with us for that full season, and we were just hanging out on and off the fields, and we've been boys ever since, keeping in touch, following each other's journeys and everything. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to my featured guest, Matt Turner. What's up, Matt? How's everything? What's going on, Happy to be here, my man. Thanks for having me. I'm glad you're on this show. So how's Boston treating you? Yeah, bro. Boston's good, dude. It's like winding down on year three, so uh, it's pretty crazy how like I think about how far I've, or how far we've both gone since, uh, since those first couple games down in Richmond. I remember, I remember my debut. We we played t- TFC two in mm-hmm. Richmond. Mm-hmm. Uh, won the course a one nil victory. It was, good, <laughs> it was a good one, but uh, yeah, I mean it's it's been a, it's been a long road, and and I love it up here, man. Ex- except for all the Red Sox fans. I uh, know, right? <laughs> what are you? Who do you support? I'm a Yankees guy. Yes, sir. Man. Yankees <laughs> all day. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so where do you live in the city? Well, I actually live outside the city. I live closer to the the to Gillette Stadium. Gotcha. Um, I'm looking to make the move into the city next year. So now I feel like pretty comfortable up here right? in the uh, day-to-day routine. And I was going to move last year, but with the coaching change, you kind of want to like wait and see what For sure. what things are going to be like and, and get used to things before you shake up too much at once, you mm-hmm. know? So next year, hopefully live in either South Boston or the South end of the city because it's a little easier to get to and from Gillette from there. Yeah, I've been to Boston myself and it's a beautiful city. I know you're enjoying it. Yeah, bro, it's it's good. Yeah, the food is really good. I I like uh, walking around. There's tons of really good shops, uh, and I love I like shopping. I like shoes, man. I like all that. that I know they got that for you up there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I gotta go and and pick uh, which shoe I like in the store, and then say I gotta get it online. Carry my foot size. Smart. (laughs) So, what's your typical schedule like up there? Yeah, so, so we so we start. Uh, we usually are in the stadium six or seven days a week. Depends mm-hmm. uh, depends on the game week. Uh, but so Mondays we'll train later in the day. So we train at one o'clock on Monday, just so just to give you that little bit of extra time. Ah, uh, that's nice. Reason. Yeah, Tuesdays we tip. Double session. Uh, in the gym or something like that and then wednesday thursday friday all the same uh 10 o'clock trainings um and then saturday game days you know yeah and sundays occasionally we'll have regions occasionally we'll have reserve games occasionally we'll have off so it it all just depends on the week nice nice so yeah what's the treatment 
spent, spent, a, spent, a lot, spent a lot of time in the stadium, which is good for us. You guys all hang out as a team mostly? Yeah, we, we do. Uh, a lot of guys uh, spend, spend a lot of time with the guys. I'm, I'm pretty close with uh, Andrew Farrell. I actually ah, live nice. with him. So, nice. That's uh, dope. We, we, do, we do a lot of stuff together, yeah. So what's the treatment like in the MLS? I mean, you're, you're, I think you're the first true guest for me where you've actually played in the USL for two full seasons. And then, you know, you worked your way up to finally a starting position. So you know really what's really going on in the USL and how we're treated as players. So what's kind of the difference in the MLS in comparison to the USL? I mean, it's so different, brother. You know, you know that um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a different ballgame, but there's some USL clubs that obviously have it, have it together. And there's some that, uh, you know, don't, don't quite. And it's, it's, it's hard, you know, some of those guys are grassroots owners and, and can't provide everything. But I think yeah. that, the biggest thing that MLS has that the USL doesn't is probably a players union. Uh, um, you know, some uh, a group of players that are fighting for the rights of everybody in the league and yeah. making sure that you know the quality of life because it's you know you, you it's your job, bro. Yep. you know it's the thing that you're doing year round and you've dedicated your life to it, especially you know your young your young professional life and and. Um, so I think it's something that the USL should work towards is getting a group of players to, yeah. you know, represent the whole league and, and the needs of the league. And so a guy like you would even be great because yeah. you've been in the USL for a number of years. Um, I know I've, I've talked to Paolo Del Piccolo over at yep. Louisville about similar similar type of uh, thing for, for USL. And that's something to move towards. You know, it's a young league. so Right. I think we actually are trying to, I believe within the next year or two, we're trying to get a union together because like you said, it's key. I mean, we need a union to represent us because I still don't think all the players are being treated fairly, especially the time that they're putting into each and every season. Right, and I think the biggest thing for me is just, you know, that that some places, some some of these teams you can go to and you won't even have health care. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So you guys are already out of playoff contention with two games remaining, though. How important kind of was this win this past weekend versus Orlando? Yeah, I mean, it was important. Um, just we're playing for pride, you know. And, yeah. and not only that, but we're, every game is, is and every training session is a time to earn a contract for next year. I'm on an option, so yep. um, I got to work, continue to work hard. You can't just fall off and take these last two weeks as, as laughable time, especially with, with Brad at the home. He, He's a very serious guy. He's a true pro, and mm. and he won't accept that. And gotcha. if you want to beat next year, which I know a lot of us do, um, you got to put in the work every day and and uh, and go out there and fight. And and not only for yourself, but you owe it to the fans, the season yeah. ticket holders, the people yeah. that come every game and support you, watch every game on TV. Um, we uh, as players, you know, we owe it to them to to you know leave it all out there on the field because. We want to give them something to be proud of. We want to give yep. them a good taste of their mouth moving forward to, to 2019. Yep. And we're basically entertainers, yeah. you know. So, like you said, we have yeah. to put on for these fans. So you want them to come back next year. You want them to keep supporting you. You also have to think about your families. I mean, not you per se, but, like, a lot of guys, I'm sure, on the team have families and stuff. Sure. So you got to yeah, put sure. yourself in the best situation possible, even if you guys aren't in playoff contention. Absolutely, yeah, you said it, and and it is an entertainment thing, but there's deeper, uh, and for me, there's deeper meanings to it. I feel like the soccer supporter culture—it's, it's—they're not necessarily fans; they're supporters. Yeah. Right? So everything that they do, kind of like, 
is surrounded by the team and they live for they live for the game man and and if we want to continue to to build and grow the game in the united states build and grow the game up in boston um we we need to do better to uh you know that's this is my third year here and three years we haven't made the playoffs so i i don't go to sleep at night very easily you know yeah. especially this year i had a lot more a lot more opportunity to 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 you know have an impact on that yeah and uh yeah it's definitely been really tough to uh to disappoint them but you know hopefully like i said you know these last two games these three games one of them's at home so nice. uh, we played at home over the weekend which is nice to get in front of the fans and then our last game of the season will be at home as well. nice. we usually get a pretty good turn at last game of the year so uh go out there on game and and give the fans something to look forward to for next year right so kind of piggybacking off of what you said a little earlier about your season. So you started in six games this season and went and had a 6-4-6 and record with three shutouts, 79 saves. And you were voted JetBlue Man of the Match four times and also made MLS Team of the Week three times as well. And I think I believe all 16 of your MLS starts was this year, right? So I've actually, yeah, I've actually started 26. That was like my first 16 games as a, as a starter, you know? Oh, gotcha. And after uh, that, I, yeah, I started off, like, pretty hot. Uh, yeah. We were doing really well. And I'll tell you what, we, we lost a game at um, Heartbreaker in July. Um, we, we played we played a home game June 30th, and we won because we had a little bit of break, mm-hmm. of a break during the World Cup. Mm-hmm. And we had a home game June 30th, and we won. Then we played Seattle at home the following week, and we tied 0-0 mm-hmm. in a game that you know we outshot them and you know dominated. They just kind of sat back, and we just couldn't find the breakthrough. And then the next week, we had another home game. So we had three home games in a row in the summer. Wow. And playing at home to the Galaxy, and it was like a wild night at Gillette. I mean, they opened up the whole lower bowl. There was wow. 35,000, 36,000 there. Wow. And uh, we got a man sent off in like the 20th minute. Mm. And so it was like we were down, but then we scored a goal. And so we were up one nothing. and then L.A. scored right before halftime, so it was 1-1. But then we scored again in mm. the first half. So we were up 2-1 going into the second half. And the whole second half, I mean, they just created nothing, like no quality chances. We were, we were really solid defensively, and it just had that feel. Yeah, like a season-defining win. Yeah, you know, and um, and then they got a man sent off, so it was ten v ten. Ashley Cole sent off, so I mean, and this is in the eighty-six minute. You know, it's late, so we're like, oh, safe. You know, yeah. And I think we kind of it happened. I think mentally, we kind of took we didn't focus on what the task at hand as much. Right. And they kind of started getting back into the game. They brought on Emon Boateng, and he was carving up our our, the, our left side. And he got a corner kick late in the ninetieth or in the ninetieth minute, and they whipped it in and scored it on the back post. Mm. So it was two two, and we're like, ah man, you know that's disappointing. Like two right. two two draw, like game we should have definitely won, you know. But then it gets worse because we go out and. And they hit a long ball, and we all got everyone's kind of like I, I don't know, no one really screwed their head back on, and we all got squeezed to one side of the field, and the other half of the field didn't rotate over, mm. and they played a through ball, and it just like the guy dummied it and it went through one of our defenders' legs, and he, they were in one on one, and they mm. scored, and they you know, so it went from it went from two one season defining win to a three two 
semi-season like reminding that. loss. I think after that game, we struggled to, to bounce back because right after that one, we had three in a week. So we went to Minnesota mm. on a short week, and then we went to Red Bull on a short week. Mm. And all season, we hadn't lost two games in a row, and we lost three on the bounce right there. Mm. So then that, yeah. that was a, a tough like little stretch of games for everybody mentally, I think. Right. And um, it was just really frustrating because we, 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 we didn't really ever pick ourselves back up out of that funk. Yeah. Uh, so I think that was probably the, uh, like, that part of the season. Like, like you said, uh, we started off really hot and we were doing well and I was playing really well. And then yeah. after that, just kind of we struggled to light the flame back up. Yeah, again. that makes sense. That's what happens in soccer all the time, especially in a long season like this. How would, you, sure. how would you say this season's been for you personally, though? I mean, my goal at the beginning of the season was to play 5 to 10 MLS games. Because last, um, last year I played 21 games in Richmond. Yeah. Like, it's 20 cell games and then a friendly against Swansea. Yeah. Um, so much I got so much love for Richard. <laughs> of course, of course. Fans, those fans are the best, man. I think they had another pretty rough year. Yeah, they this did. Year, but I know for a fact City Stadium is packed up all the time. Every man. game still, though, surprise. Yeah, yeah, man, it's good. Um, and that just goes to show. I mean, like like I was saying before, it's supporters, right? It's guys. Yeah. It's like it's not just fans that are going to come and go. There's supporters there. There are people. That, that that team means a lot to the community there and it's been a mainstay there for a long time so mm-hmm. I got so much love for Richard but anyways <laughs> so I played in the US last year my, my goal this year was like I said to play 5 to 10 MLS games so I would never had a, or an appearance for the Revs like yeah. I had two in two years I had two appearances in the 18 mm-hmm. I hadn't played an open cup game I hadn't done any of that so I uh, came in this year and with the new coaching staff, just kind of was, was able to make the most of having fresh perspective on, on me as I maybe with the previous staff. I was I was like this kid who they took a chance on out of a small D one school, um, who had some good tools but needed some work and and so maybe that trust factor wasn't there. Yeah. But with the new staff, it's like okay, you, this is a third year pro who has twenty eight pro games under his belt. Um, and he had a really good time in the USL. Like he, he was very successful personally. So, um, you know, let's see what he's got. And I came in in preseason. I was on fire, man. I was playing really well, and that carried over into the the beginning of the season. And and it's been just a wild ride, bro. It's, That's awesome. It's been really, really great. I'm so blessed. Like I'm For so real. lucky. But you know, the work has only just begun, right? Yep, so. Yep. Now it's funny how your goals like shift and change mm-hmm. as you, as you go and and hit you hit your first goal and you're like okay well now I need to change my expectation right. a little bit of myself right. not only of my goals but of myself every game you know right and uh, how people perceive me and and uh, so yeah that that's but but like you you did say you did say it well you said it's a long season and mm-hmm. I remember particularly last year. Because I was training in New England and flying down and playing every like games in Richmond or yeah. wherever they were wherever they were on the road, I was like really tired at the end of last yeah. year from all the travel. And this year, the most games so the most games I'd ever played in the calendar year was that twenty one, right? right? So now I'm at twenty six this year, um, and it's it's it was a little more taxing uh, physically and mentally uh, than than it was in the past because. 
I, I don't know exactly. I couldn't really put a finger on of why, but just yeah. expectations and, yeah. and stuff like that, playing in MLS, being on TV in the national spotlight and stuff. So mm. that stuff definitely, definitely changes, but it's all good stuff. You know, it's yep. stuff you, you got to get used to, yep. you know, and because I was a late comer to soccer, it's stuff that maybe younger kids might be, have the ability to go through, yeah. but I didn't have that chance. So I have to, you know, and like I've always done just adapt to what my reality is at 24 and now and uh and now i need to overcome that and to get myself to the next level up yeah and i think like you were saying earlier you know you have a certain goals when you start but then you got to keep setting new goals and keep challenging yourself and keep motivating yourself because once you lose that motivation that desire then your whole career kind of changes and your whole psyche of the game kind of changes as well and like you got to stay hungry. You got to keep motiv- You can almost never be satisfied, really, and keep setting goals because, like you said, you're you're still 24. You're still young in your career, but you still have three years under your belt, and you have plenty of time, too. So you're only getting more, more and more experience, and you got to keep setting goals for yourself so you can keep climbing that ladder. So that's good. So I like to hear. 100%, yeah. So that's, uh, that's something that I had. Uh, I had a guy who was uh, when I was a freshman at Fairfield University. He was a senior goalkeeper, and he had just come off of like a really, really good season. He actually played with the New Zealand uh, under-23 team at the Olympics in London in 2012. Wow. And so he was coming back. He had this big reputation. And that's something that we sat down together um, at halfway through my freshman year. And he said, listen, you know, and we're still really close to this day. His name's Michael O'Keefe. Um, and he said, listen, you need, what do you want from this, you know? And let, we sat down and we worked together on a document of like just goals for me. Right. And he printed them out on these like really nice piece of paper and he mm-hmm. said, okay, I want you to like hang this up in your locker. I was like, no way, I'm not hanging that up in my locker. Like the guys are going to crush me for, <laughs> for that. And I said, no, I, I really think that you should, should hang the goals up in your locker. So I did. And then, I mean, I was a freshman. I hadn't played a single game and, and my goals were, some of them were pretty crazy. Like, becoming a captain and and becoming a pro and and stuff like stuff like that he said because for me becoming a pro soccer player when i came out of high school was never going to be like i was going to college for an education to work in business you know right and i loved soccer i loved playing i loved competing but i just didn't i wasn't recruited highly i didn't think i had it you know right and as so as i started going and I'll I'll talk a little bit about how they changed like my I had them up in my locker and my friends would always kind of like point and laugh and they'd be like come on bro like are you for (laughs) real with this one are you like for real with this one and they ranged from personal goals to academic goals to athletic goals they were all over all over the spectrum and my sophomore year was a rough year but I'll get to that later (laughs) because I can't tell that story yep I got you Uh, but then but my junior year, uh, I, I started. I was became the starter, and I had a really really good year. And then all of a sudden, my goals my goals started to change. But my friends started seeing me hit certain goals, mm-hmm. and they were like, "That's awesome, man!" Yeah. Like they, you know, it took like that initial hump of, of like of me just getting a little heat from my friends, and they're friends, you know, they're <laughs> of gonna course, give you no matter what. But uh, then they started kind of like helping me reach certain mm-hmm. goals, you know, like. Uh, like goals in the weight room like I wanted to be able to hit certain numbers on my tests and 
And so then it kind of like rallied the group in a way to try to help me to where I wanted to be, which which ended up I wanted to be in that picked in the MLS Super Draft. I wasn't, but I was lucky enough to still get invited to preseason. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I think it's really good, uh, like a really good healthy habit. And I gave a talk uh, to a group of soccer players in Park Ridge, New Jersey, where I grew up. Uh, Like all the high school kids, Uh after my first year, they. They invited me to speak at their like gala at the end of the year, and uh-huh. I just talked about how setting goals um, really changed me, and and I think that it's a really really healthy good habit for everybody, and no I, matter what you do. I completely agree with that, definitely. So, would you say because the coaching changes happened this year, that kind of gave you your opportunity in comparison to your first two years? Do you feel yes like? Uh huh. Yeah, I think that I would have had a, a very good opportunity to play this year with the old staff as well. I think they finally thought I was ready, so it was just it was just the circumstance, you know. And yeah. and uh, you know, Brad made it abundantly clear to the team when when he came in. He said, "Listen, I don't care what you did in the past. I don't care what I mean. I care what you'll do in the future. But everyone's in here on the same." level you have to earn the right to play here yeah and that's his motto is like every every game every practice you have to earn the right to play you can't just mm-hmm. stroll out there and, mm-hmm. and expect things to happen for you you know so right. um i took that to heart and they told me i was going to be the number three coming in but that the job is up for grabs yeah. they hadn't made up their minds and and like i said i i had a really good preseason and and it was rewarded with the start in Philadelphia in week one. That's awesome, man, for real. So kind of going yeah, off what you were saying about Brad, how is he, Brad Frito, for people who don't know, he's a former U.S. national team goalkeeper, played overseas in England as well. So how has he kind of helped your confidence and role, especially in the beginning part of the season when you were starting all those games? It's definitely it's definitely good. It was good for me having a coach who understands goalkeeping, you know. Mm-hmm. But it, and it's been nice to be able to pick his brain about how he approached certain scenarios and you know whether I could implement it and think out you know and what he thought you know if he if he if I'm in practice and I parry a save and he says oh you couldn't catch that I think to myself okay next time that ball comes I'm going to challenge myself yeah. to catch it so I don't give away a corner or a rebound yeah. or this or that and it's like little small details yeah. like that. Or like maybe some a coach who doesn't understand goalkeeping as much, like oh good save, right. but he'll say oh could you maybe catch that mm-hmm. you know, and because he had you know he has high expectations of us, yeah he has high expectations of himself and and I have high high expectations of me so that's why I think we we get along well and he's really definitely helped me but I also have a goalkeeper coach and his name is Ruben Garcia so I have a lot of resources yeah available to me and we have you know cody who played in Eng- cody proper who played in england and is here and brad Knighton, who's been uh in mls for 11 years so there's just loads of people and experiences all around that i can yeah. pull from and learn and, and that's what i think i've always i've always prided myself on being a bit of a sponge and, and ask and not being afraid to ask questions and, yeah. and try to learn and take other people's experiences into my own life so that I don't have to necessarily experience this, the exact same thing. You know, right. Maybe I can snuff it out. You have to be humble in this game and you have to learn from everybody like you were saying. I mean, even he, even when you have younger players coming in as you get older and, you know, they're going to give you your, their little piece here and there. I've always been humble enough just because we we're a team together on this field. You know, I have 
a right back here in Pittsburgh who's only 22, 23 years old, second year in the league, but he's my right back. So when he tells me things, I have to listen. Same thing with other coaches as well. They might be a little newer, but like you have all these resources. You need to pick their brain. You need to learn from them. And then they respect you so much more for it. And they might even help you out in the long run too. So I completely agree with that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. So when you have guys like Juan Agudela, who's another U.S. national team forward, and also Brad Friedel backing you up, an article saying that you're good enough for the U.S. national team, how did that help your confidence? I mean, I, <laughs> I could go knock on Juan's door. He actually lives with me and Farrell right now. Um, oh, that's dope. No, but yeah, no, I mean, listen, it's it's really, really nice when hearing those things, you know, but I know that they say he could be. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And it's not like he is. He is so for yeah. me, it's yeah, it's um, that until I'm there, that's just smoke in the fire. Yep. You know, like I just need. It's still it's on me. Like no, nothing anybody says will get me there. You know, I have I have a lot of work to do and and areas of my game that I need to improve to be able to compete in that level. Yeah. Uh, one of my goals is to get into January camp. So if yeah. I can get into January camp. And ideally, you know, showcase my abilities to the to the staff because it, it's hard to break down the door when you don't have. I didn't have that background when I was a kid of yeah. playing soccer in the academy system and yeah. being with the youth national teams, and so I'd be like a foreigner coming into yep. the national team, you know. So um, I think that having people like Juan and Brad back me up is obviously massive guys that have represented the the badge at, at the highest of levels and yeah. and uh and it means a lot to me you know so mm-hmm. I want to make the most of what they say you know I want to <laughs> prove them right and and get there so it's just extra motivation for me to to reach my goal nice good for you what's kind of your role on this team would you say you have a role I like that question a lot um because people don't always think about that right they kind of take what they what they are like then they just go by day to day um and i like to think that i am just i I feel like i relate to a lot of people in the locker room really well um but it's funny because sometimes i end up being the butt of some jokes (laughs) of course of course but i think that it like you know not in like a bad way or an else way but i talk a lot i ask a lot of questions so Sometimes guys can be like, like you know, take you know, make a little fun of me for that, of but course. not in like a bad, not in a hurtful yeah. way, you know, yeah. jokes, you know. So, you know how the banter is in yep. the locker rooms. Um, <laughs> yeah, bro. I mean, I just I like being involved. I like I'm part of uh, the MLS Players Union. I'm one of the reps nice. for the team. So, nice. um, I like to talk to people. We have a lot of Spanish speakers in the locker room now, so I've been trying to like hey. work, brush on my Spanish again because I learned all that for years in school. And, yeah, and just like talking and learning a little bit about people, I like to think that I know where every single person in the locker room grew up and mm. played before uh, before they came to the the Revs. So things like that, and, the little and, things. And, uh, yeah, man, and yeah, that, that's kind of like what I'm uh, I'm doing, and and I like. Uh, getting the guys together for like yeah. a dinner or something yeah. there you know so Smart. i feel like I'll, I'll pull some strings for for things like that to happen and uh, yeah man they go that's where I, I see myself yeah yeah they go a long way i mean even little things like dinner you don't realize when you're on the field and chemistry and you have that chemistry that you know you relate to that person and even if it's the slightest way but you still relate to them and you're still going to work harder for that person because you have some kind of relationship yeah. with them and like 
that goes a long, long way that a lot of people don't realize. So I completely agree. Good for you for doing that. Yeah, I'm a firm believer in that as well. And it's not, and it, and I don't do it. Uh, I don't do it for that reason. Per yeah, se. yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. not like, like, oh well, if I reach out to this guy, we'll have a better relationship. Yeah. So therefore, yeah. <laughs> you know, I do it so that me and you can have a conversation right. via Skype and, yeah. and chill and, and just catch up like we yep. never missed a beat. You know yep. what I'm saying? I agree with that. Who's some of the toughest players and teams that you've played against so far this season? Toughest players and teams. That we've really struggled against Philadelphia three times this really? year. I mean, they, <laughs> yeah. And to to I mean I, you have a couple good players. Um no one that I'm like, oh man, like this guy's incredible. But they have like three midfielders, uh Medujanin, yeah, Deutschko, and Bedoya who Yeah. Are, you know they can really move the ball around and they make yeah. that team tick. So yeah. they're, they're they're quality players. I saw but, that I mean, kind uh, of uh, controversial goal on that all size one that Corey Burke scored against you. And you know I guess yeah. everyone thought he was all size, but he kept going. <laughs> that's you. I mean, listen, that that's the beauty. Var giveth and var taketh away. I mean, yeah, I don't know yeah. what else to say about that. That I was know. frustrating. <laughs> that's in the that's in the, you know that's in the uh, that run of games after. After LA Galaxy game, uh, where, you know, it yeah. just seemed like you know yeah. for that next month and a half, yeah. like nothing went our <laughs> way. Like played, we played at Orlando, and like I scored, an, I scored an own goal. Like the ball, they had the ball, and it hit off the post, and it kicked back into me, and I tried to block it because uh. there was a guy running in that way, and I just caught it too clean, and I hit it. I tried to hit it up, uh-huh. and I backwards uh, it was like, you know like how often yeah. do you train i know right <laughs> and then you know the next week we're playing philly at home and i dive to my right for a ball uh fafa hit, hit a ball with his left try to curl it and i dive and it hits off the post off my foot and it like bounces straight up and jack elliott just not uh, uh, you know what i'm saying so, and yeah then, and then the then we play dc away who's also another team i was going to mention because they just they're really good on the ball. Yeah. Um and then then that that happens the week after the DC game where Corey Burke is like maybe offsides, maybe <laughs> not, and just kept playing. Oh man, it's funny how it works though. Yeah. What about player wise though? Any top forwards that, you know, were kind of challenging for you? Just like, dangerous, yeah. Um it's gonna take I really like the uh when we when I played against DC or uh, against NYCFC, I didn't get to play against David Villa, but I really like that um, that Venezuelan kid. Yeah, yeah. I know you're talking about. For the life of me right now. Yeah. Uh, he's young though. He's really good. And and I mean we played against Atlanta United at home, and and those guys just free free runners. I mean you get caught in a track meet with them, and they're Man. they're gonna destroy. Yeah, so Almiron, Joseph Martinez, yeah, Vialba, Those are all really 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 good. That's Dallas, awesome. Though. I really I really liked um, Dallas was good, and and I felt like Giassi's artist was also uh, a, a handful. Yeah, he's just a big yeah. big presence. Yeah. So. Just some, just some guys. I mean, every team has yeah. really dangerous. Players. You'll experience days, more too. That's the that's the thing about MLS now. And actually, the person I should say is Bradley Wright Phillips because he scored two goals <sighs> against me. But and the and any time the ball goes near this guy, this man's head, he is the best. I mean, he's 
his best head I've seen. I think it's because he's bald. Like it, it speeds like it speeds up off his head. I agree. It's crazy. It's crazy. If he had hair, he would not have that same success. I don't think. I agree with that. Uh, but yeah, he's quality. Um, That's yeah, awesome. Bro, but every team yeah. these days in MLS, like you're gonna run into a player who yeah. you're like, okay, we need to like know where he is at all times. Right. Right. So let's kind of dive into your story here. So you're from Park Ridge, New Jersey. How did you kind of get involved with soccer? Yeah, so I played when I was really, really young and then uh, didn't love it. Both my sisters played. Okay. They're older than me. So I think I think I kind of wanted to be a little different than them. Yeah. But I was always around the game. So I played football, basketball, and baseball mostly growing up. Yeah. And when I finally got to high school, I changed – I was in public school K through eight, and then it's like common practice in Jer- in like North Jersey that you go to these like parochial schools, like Catholic schools, like yeah. St. Joe's and Don Bosco yeah. and Bergen Catholic, um, for 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 academics. But you know, most of the guys go. <laughs> of course, I went to a private school too, so I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So um, I went to St. Joe's, um, Montvale, not Metuchen. It's called mm-hmm. St. Joe's. St. Joseph's Montvale. And, uh, yeah, I decided that I couldn't possibly do football, basketball, and baseball. Guys could, but I didn't think I was going to be successful at all three, you know, in that big school. So I really loved basketball, and I really love. I mean, baseball was my first love. So I was like, I'll just do basketball and baseball. I don't, and I need to stay in shape for basketball because I heard that they do tons of running in the beginning of the season. (sighs) So I was like, if I'm going to, like, make the team, you know, I got to. I did make the team, but I said, all right, let me just join soccer so I can, like, stay fit, you know? Yeah. I went to all the captain's practices, and I was playing in the field. And I went to day one of tryouts, and and it just, like, wasn't really working for me. Like, playing in a big 11v11 game, like, I just didn't understand the tactics. Yeah. This is back when academy kids could still play high school soccer, too. Yep. Um like the quality was good and I was like dang like I I'm nowhere near where I need to be to play you know even for the freshman team so right like I, I'm good like I was gonna go back for day two I was just gonna like join basketball and and get ready for the season and fall basketball and baseball but uh my dad was like yeah you know you should just give it a shot because you really I you said that you really like some of the kids that you met at captain's practice and I was starting a new school, so it was a good thing to like be involved in something within the school yeah. before the season starts. Let's take his pair of sisters' old goalie gloves, and why don't you just go and try that? So I went in, I threw the gloves on, hopped in net, and uh, it just like kind of came really naturally to me. Mm-hmm. I was always that kind of like athlete that. Um, Love diving around. Like I was always on the floor in basketball. I was the guy taking the charges. Yep. I was the, you know, the little things, diving for the ball. Yeah. In baseball, I loved. I mean, there was never a game where I got back where my jersey wasn't filthy. My mom hated <laughs> but loved it. You know, like if if for some reason I was mostly an infield, but for some reason I was in the outfield, I would be the guy that's boom, like crashing into the fence trying to catch <laughs> the ball because I just thought it was fun. Yeah, right. I just thought yeah. it was fun to throw my body around. So I wasn't afraid to, to really dive and go for it, which some people are at that age. Right. And so I played for my freshman team my freshman year. Then I played basketball and baseball. Then I was like, okay, yeah, like soccer games coming up. Played on the JV team as a sophomore. Mm. So now I'm 15, and I, all I've done is play like freshman and JV, basketball, baseball. Then that 
summer was the 2010 World Cup. Yep. Summer before my junior year, I think it was. Yeah, 2010. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Right, that's right. right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, bro, I just, uh, I grew. I grew a little bit, and I also watched every game of the World Cup yeah. pretty much. And I was like, oh, my God, this is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> this sport is amazing. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God. It's like watching these goalies like wearing like the all same color kit mm-hmm. and like flying. I was like, wow, this is crazy, man. This is awesome. I love it. There's so much passion. Look how much this all means to these guys. Like, mm-hmm. And mind you, I watch baseball every day. I watch basketball all the time, football. Like I was a huge into sports. And I was like, I've never seen anything like this. You right. know? And I started watching like YouTube videos of Peter Schmeichel. And like, I was like, man, like, I think I can do that. I think, you know, if I just did this a little differently, I think I can kind of do that. Yeah. So I never really had formal training. Went in my junior year, won the starting job at bar- for the varsity team. And uh, at the end of that year, the senior captain asked me if I wanted to come try out for his club team. Wow. So I think we could use you over there. And so I was 16, and and I uh, started up at Clarkstown SC. It's like a youth team. It's like a you know not academy, just like right. a town club kind of thing. Premier, they're premier. Um, and then so that was then I did soccer all through the winter, spring, summer, then back in for my senior year. And my senior year, I played in a tournament in. Mm, Somewhere in Long Island, I think we're hot at Hofstra. In Long okay, Island. yeah. And uh, I had like been emailing with coaches. wasn't sure if I wanted to play soccer in college because I didn't know if it was gonna if I could get into the same school that I wanted to academically, right? As I could with my soccer, so I didn't want to like take away from my academics with for soccer, right? Uh, luckily, Fairfield came to this like no name tournament to watch me play. Uh, the goalie coach really liked what he saw physically, like my attributes. Yeah. They weren't sure about me. So they invited me to their like one day ID clinic in, in February, you know how, yeah, 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 of course. (laughs) And, uh, literally it was a one day thing. And I, I don't think I dropped the ball. Like I just, I played out, I played out of my mind. Wow. And, uh, I, I think I really made a good impression on the coaching staff and, so that Monday, they called me and offered me a spot on the team. Wow. Um, and luckily, Fairfield's a school that I'd already applied to. Ah, oh, nice, and nice. That's awesome. Like one of those early action schools because yeah. I really liked it. So then, like, boom, it just, like, clicked. And I had one other offer from Bryant, but uh, they were, like, a second-year D1 program. And We're in, like, this, uh, Rhode Island, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. But I knew that if I had the opportunity to go to Fairfield, I would be able to learn from my friend Michael O'Keefe. Mm. And I didn't want to go into college and just start starting right away. Like yeah. I wanted to like learn a little bit and take yeah. the time. So uh, that's what I did. I went to Fairfield because once he offered me, I j- it just felt right. Like I didn't say yes on the phone, but afterwards I I talked to my dad and I was like, this just felt like the right fit, you know. Yeah. So I, I went there, started there freshman year, um, rode the bench the whole year, uh, then sophomore year. So after my freshman year, I went to Brazil for like five weeks. Ah, nice. Cool. I was playing there in some academy, 
like with their U23s. I mean, dude, this was the crazy, this was like awesome experience. How'd that even happen? Yeah, so my dad did like, uh, he worked for Unilever. It's like a, they make like Dove and Axe. Anything that has this little, I actually have some deodorant here. (laughs) Yeah, I see that. That's Unilever products. They used to make Skippy peanut butter too, but that's long gone. (laughs) Um, And uh, so they were, my dad worked in IT, so they were working on getting like, all the whatever some project in brazil right and uh he just started talking to people down there he said, yeah my son plays college soccer he wants to try to go somewhere to play in the off season in, during the summertime and uh this academy was owned by a marketing company that also worked with unilever and so he got the contact information i had to send in a video and they were like yeah sure you can come train with us for like five weeks that'd be cool yeah so it was an awesome experience. Uh, made a really good, you know, lifelong friend. I still talk to him all the time. Um, he ended up after I left. He ended up going to co- like forgetting the pursuit of professional soccer, and he's like, I want to like go to college and wow. you know get an education. I want to learn English better. And mm-hmm. he speaks fluent English now. He's he studied in Montreal for a little bit at Sherwood. Sure, I think Sherwood, Sherborn, some yeah. university there. And so, like, I got to see him, and I've seen him, like, in the U.S. Like, he came to my, my house for the holidays and stuff. But anyways, while I was there, you know, I'm trying to make myself better because the coaching staff basically had told me, like, yeah, like, you you could probably start for us next year, you mm-hmm. know. And while I'm there, I, I'm on Twitter, and I see, like, congrats to, uh, like, Fairfield Athletics retweeted. It's like congrats to Joe Martin, ninety-four, who just committed to Fairfield Division One Fairfield University in the U.S. And he's got like the Nike Academy gear on, yeah. like you know, yeah. you know that English Nike <laughs> Academy. Oh yeah, That's my boy. That, that, that kid Joe, he's like one of my best friends. I still talk to him all the time, so I give him some some stick for that. And I'm like, my heart like sinks. I'm like, I'm literally like in Brazil right now, and I just found out that Fairfield signed a guy that who looks like he's going to be this next level guy, you know? And so, um, I go into preseason. I have a pretty good preseason, but Joe like isn't cleared to play yet because Uh he didn't get his transfer clearance or whatever. Literally the day of the first game, I'm still thinking I'm going to be a starter. Maybe like two hours before kickoff, he gets cleared. Wow. So then they start and then he started that game. And so, like that, it, like it all just kind of got stripped away from me, like yeah. that. I was like, "Dang!" Like that was really rough. I mean, I had like tears in my eye. like it yeah. meant a lot to me yeah. to like earn the starting spot, and I just I was really upset about it. And I was like, you know what? Like maybe I'm just not it. Maybe I'm yeah. better than I think I am, yeah. or not as good as I think I am. And uh, anyways, Joe is you know he's a very good goalkeeper, but he was having trouble like adapting to the game. Uh-huh. And and, um, <laughs> dude, this is crazy, man. So, like, we're midway through conference play, and we're playing Iona, who's, like, our biggest rivals. And we're at Iona, so they always play during the day. And in the first half, Joe had a really rough half. And we were winning one nothing, but he was not playing good. Yeah. So, coach put me in at halftime. Wow. He made keeper change, which is, you know, that's a weird one, you know, for college. Is this and, your uh, sophomore so year or junior year? The second half. What did you say? Is this your sophomore year or junior year? 
Yeah, this is my sophomore year. Okay, okay, okay. So I get this is my like first appearance at, in yeah. college. <laughs> I come in, you know, boom! Iona was buzzing a little bit. I made a save. I caught a I caught a corner kick. I caught another cross. I was playing while I was getting myself into the game. Yeah. Then Jordan Scarlett, he actually plays at Red Bull Tuna, I think. Oh yeah. Or at least he. Yeah. Uh, he pulls up from about 40 yards out, rips this crazy knuckleball, and I'm like, this is my first like legit game, so I'm like trying to like waste time. So I'm like, like this ball is going like so far over the goal. I like my hands on my knees because there's no netting behind the goal. Like it was going to go far. I thought it was going far back there, so I was going to like go jog for the ball, take my time. I had a full plan in my head. This, this thing, yo, this thing knuckles down. Smashes the crossbar. Sheesh. And like in my mind, I'm like, I'm like, oh no. Like, and there's three scenarios that are playing in my head. Either that ball hit the crossbar and it's coming out to my left. Mm-hmm. That hit the crossbar and it's way gone. Or that ball hit the crossbar and it's in the net already. Yeah. And I so I turn to my left and the ball's like not there, you know. And I turn <laughs> around and it's not in the goal. And then I look up and this thing is gone. <laughs> 50 feet in the air Jeez. straight straight up not an easy ball for a keeper right to do it. right and so i'm i'm a little chilled, i'm not gonna lie because i thought you know about all these things that are going through my head and this is like happening fast yeah i like run back to the and i like jump up to tip it over and then i'm thinking to myself dude you're feeling it today like just catch this thing. <laughs> don't give away so like mid like change I, the ball just goes, hits me in the face and like goes in the goal. And I'm just like laying on the ground. Is that the one that <laughs> was uh, trending everywhere? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, dude, I'm like laying on the ground. They play this crazy foghorn when they score. So like the foghorn's just like going off. I'm like, what just happened? You know? And so I get up. We end up losing, like, so I tied it 1-1. They ended up scoring another goal Man. to make it 2-1. And so we lost. And then that night, I'm, like, sitting, like, laying in bed, like, you know, obviously running through scenarios in my head. I get a call from my boy. He's, like, he lives, like, he lived the floor above me. He's, like, yo, like, you got to come, you got to come over here. I was, like, all right. Like, that sounded weird, but let me go. <laughs> so I go in his room, like, sit down. And I can see it on the ESPN like ticker on the side. Ah. It's like Tigers game one of the ALCS. Blah blah blah. Epic goalie fail is there. And I'm like, no, really like, not. And Bucci Gross is like Matt Turner at a Fairfield University, and it's the play. Like, oh, and I'm man. like, I cannot believe this is happening. Right? It gets so much better. So that's all Wednesday night. Thursday comes, we train, everything's good, you know. Friday comes, and we, that weekend we were playing at Niagara University, which is mm-hmm. in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. So we always have, like, one really long road trip a year. That was, like, the eight-hour bus ride. So mm-hmm. we had practice, and then we have a team lunch in the cafeteria, and then after that we hit, hit the road. Excuse me. So <laughs> I go to lunch as a team and the not top 10 comes on and i'm like all right i'm going to be i'm going to be on here this week yo i said i know i'm going to be on here this week 
can we please just like get it out of the way early so right. that it's just it's not a big deal boom ten nine eight seven six nothing five four nothing three i'm like i can't be number one so <laughs> surely if this next one isn't me like i'm safe they didn't put it on this week two was like two own goals by this hockey goalie and number one play it's like fairfield university turner and and you know how i talked about the locker room like people like yeah you know, so i'm sitting at the table it goes number one everyone's like yeah <laughs> throwing their drinks up in the air and i have to sit there oh like, man like, no they all going crazy uh and, and surely enough number one play on the not top 10 man they were like Voting on me for worst of the worst. And, <laughs> oh my god, so funny. Were they debating on it and everything? Only, yeah, everything happens for a reason. I think because I think that really made me like very strong mentally. Yeah, you know who has to deal with that? Yeah, when, like, I mean, 16, 18 in college, you know, like on the national crazy. stage too. Like you always think you're gonna be on Sports Center top ten, but the not top ten. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, two. Guy. I love Sports Center. Right. So then, yeah. y- your junior senior year, you end up um, having twenty one clean sheets, point eight five goals against average, and led the nation in save percentage with eighty nine percent. What were your thoughts, kind of after college? Did you have an idea? I mean, obviously, we we're talking about yeah. earlier with you setting goals and stuff to become a pro, but did you actually believe it was going to come into fruition after your two years? Yeah. So my in between my sophomore and junior year, I actually tried out for. A PDL team because I didn't play another game my sophomore year after that. Okay. So like no was gonna like no PDL team was just gonna take me. Yeah. So I tried the Jersey Express. I went to the, like five different days of tryouts and finally they were like, yeah, 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 we'll sign you up as our like number three keeper. I was like, oh, safe, great. I'll train every I'll train every day. This would be great for me. The coach was Jeff Mateo, who was at St. John's at the time, and he's at uh, Seton Hall now. I think great guy, but like one game. The first game of the season, the goalie uh, who was supposed to be the starter was, like, running around the track, like, around the field mm-hmm. before the game. He rolled his ankle, like, terribly. Mm. And he was done for the Like, he was out. So now I've gone from the third string to the second string. Right. And then in, in that same game, the guy who was the first string dove for a penalty kick and got a hit pointer. Oh, So wow. he was out for five. So now I've gone from, like, this guy who was just basically signed to train now I became the starter at the Jersey Express, and uh, that is kind of when we had a lot of success. My first year, we we lost in the PDL National Semifinal, but like won our conference convincingly, won mm-hmm. the Eastern Conference pretty convincingly. So it was like really good experience that I had a lot of success, and I just kind of like kept it rolling um, come junior year, and that's when I started seeing myself on in a more national scale. Gotcha, uh, because. Able to travel around, and these PDL teams are mostly a collection of top college guys. Well, that's where I was mentally thinking yeah, anyway. Like they are. I was playing against Bono. He was at Reading. Yeah. And I and he was like the guy, you know, Syracuse, this, yeah. that. And now I'm on the same field as him. So mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool uh, from my perspective, and and so I was able to see myself in a different light <clears throat> after all that had happened to me, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I kept it rolling and I won the starting job from Joe my my junior year and like I like you said I had I mean I had an incredible junior year I mean 
we made it to the conference final. We should have won, but we, we didn't. And But I just personally, statistically, it was just an amazing year. Yeah. And that's after that, like, I know I 100% can do this. I had played, you know, 18 games for Jersey Express and then 19 games for Fairfield. So yeah. um, it was pretty, pretty impressive. It was pretty awesome. And that's when I started being like, okay, let me start getting some videos together and this mm. and that. Had another year with Jersey Express, played pretty well. And then my senior year had, like, not the same statistically, but a good year. Like, we were more successful in terms of wins and stuff. And then after that, I only had one team. You know how they have those, like, uh, like little trials? Yeah. Where they're like, yeah, let's, let's invite, like, 40 seniors. Yep. They can all pay, like, 100 bucks yep. each, and we'll just, like the, you know. So I went to one at Philly. That was the only one that, that was offered to me, and... I should have probably thought about it a little bit, like thinking about their current goalkeeping situation. But mm-hmm. I figured that if they're going to invite goalies, that they want to actually look at them a little bit. Yeah. And um, I mean, you know how it is at the Union Stadium. They have talent energy, the, the one field, the main field, the game field. And then they have the academy field yeah. on the outside or training pitches. Yeah. And I mean, I didn't get they all pretty base bases, all games. And I didn't get a single game in mm. the coaching staff was. I played. They left me out. I was the only goalie to play every single game outside. Sheesh. <laughs> so like, I didn't. I was like, I know I'm never gonna get a look, but yeah. from them. So like, like I helped them to try to like see if they could um, give me some feedback, just so I know. Like, am I wasting my time? Yeah. You know. Um, they never emailed me back. <laughs> so I was like, all right, let me just like re-enroll for my senior year. So I re-enrolled for my second semester of senior year. And then, like, at the end of my first week of classes, um, like, you know how it is when you're a senior in college. Like, you yeah. have fun. And so I was Sunday morning. We were – me and my – at Fairfield, you live on the beach as a senior. So I'm, like, lit, you know, looking over the beautiful water, <laughs> the sand. We're, like, watching a soccer game. And, like, they – I get a phone call from some, like – I had an agent, and he's, like, you – he's, like, yo, be by your phone. I got an email said, be by your phone. So I had my phone with me, and then I got the phone calls from uh, Remy Roy, and he was like, hey, we, we saw some video on you. We really like what we've seen. We want to invite you to preseason, and um, can you be in Foxborough tomorrow night, basically? It was Sunday, and I had to. And then I turned around. I was like, oh, my God, I got to go. <laughs> was like my friend, to my friends, they're like, what just happened? I was like, I think I need to call my parents, and I don't, I don't, know. Like, I don't know what's going on. Right yeah. now. I was like, I think I need I think I need to go work out is what I really said. I said, I think I need to go sweat some, sweat some stuff out right now. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so, uh, I was in Foxborough the next night, uh, and flew out Tuesday morning to Casa Grande, Arizona and had preseason there and, and obviously succeeded and, and got signed. So, and then I, I did, you know, I know you're going to ask it. I did finish my college degree. Ah, nice. I was going to ask that yeah. too. Good for you. I did the same thing. I yeah. took uh, two semesters off right after my senior year because I knew I was going to go down to Richmond. And then 2016, our first year yeah. together, I commuted from Richmond an hour and a half, three times a week just to finish. Remember but that? Yeah, you remember that? Oh you got to do what you got to do. Did. And I mean, that was the best decision. I'm glad I finished. Yeah, me too. So then you don't, like, like you were saying earlier, you signed in 2016, but you don't play a single game for the whole year. You know, co- coming off a good college successful junior and senior year how did that kind of affect you mentally 
Yeah, I think that um, for me, I didn't have a ton of expectation going into pro. Like some guys are really caught in like this bubble. I think of oh, I was a four year starter. I was a captain. I was this. I was that. Yeah. And um, I didn't have that because even when I was going into college, I didn't say like, yeah, I'm going to be a starter in college. Like I was like, okay, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to learn for a year from Michael O'Keefe. And then I'm going to, you know, and then I'm going to, after that, you know, try to win the starting job. I don't really think I have a realistic shot of winning it right off the jump, but I would be ready if I was good enough to do it, you know? Uh, and I think it was definitely challenging physically, like physically, because you just come off playing so many games in a short period of time, mm-hmm. and then you start a preseason, and yeah. then you have all, you know. So I think physically, by the end of my first year, I was really, really gassed, and yeah. I was like, I couldn't, I was really ready for the off season. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that I really, I just. I'm, I'm a learner like that's what yep. I do I took two years for me to get to be a starter at Fairfield and it took me two years to be a starter here in New England yep. in the grand scheme of things it's not really a whole lot of time yeah not at all it's all about how you finish not how you start yeah so then yeah. as we were saying earlier you played for the Richmond Kickers your first two seasons how did that kind of prepare you for your opportunity this year would you say playing in the USL yeah. all those games prepared you yeah absolutely I think uh I was really lucky. I mean, there's some guys that just get stuck training every yeah. day in MLS. And you really need that game experience to uh, to just learn and, and catch up to the speed of how things are, are going to happen. Yeah. Uh, um, and so for me, playing in Richmond was huge, particularly the second year when the team wasn't as as strong. I yeah. think that I had a lot of a lot more action, and <sighs> it, and it wasn't. I mean, my first year we had tons of like older leadership yep. of guys like yourself you had been there for a couple of years and yep. then my second year we didn't have a ton of that and yep. even i was just like an outsider coming in so mm-hmm. um there was like a little bit of a lack of leadership in terms mm-hmm. of those things and uh and so it helped me to kind of become one of those uh those people that wasn't like a controlling leader but you know somebody that guys felt like they could talk to and rely on yeah. in in tough situations so um, those kind of things and then there are certain games that I think were important to me uh, growing as a player um, in, while I was in Richmond one would be playing at Cincinnati uh, of course. Uh, just to get used to the, using the big crowds yeah. and, um, and then at Richmond against Swansea was another one mm-hmm. that was super loud and awesome that's a big game lots yeah. of eyes on you Yeah. Um, so at Tampa, another one. So there's like certain, there were certain games that are certain fixtures that like are MLS quality. Yeah, you know, yeah. and you got to get used to the speed and the noise and the communication and the focus for 90 minutes and yeah. all those things that mm-hmm. that go into being a successful a successful pro. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also allowed me to be very very thankful for everything I do have here not take every day for granted Mm -hmm. because of the training facilities and and uh flying to games and not Mm -hmm. taking sleeper bus (laughs) man I swear down I don't hate on the sleeper buses because I think it's kind of cool but I don't have to I didn't have to do it all that much yeah but there was one particular trip where it was actually to Pittsburgh they flew me 
uh, Lee Kalshoff really wanted me to train with the team before we played in Pittsburgh. They flew me to Richmond for one training session. We bust from Richmond to Pittsburgh. I played in Pittsburgh. They, f- I don't know who bought the flights, but my next flight was from Richmond to Boston. What? So I bust back with uh. the team from Pittsburgh to Richmond. And then they all got dropped off at City Stadium. And I just was like, hey, hey, guy, like to the bus driver, like, can you just drop me off like at the airport? Because my flight's in two hours. Wow. So I got on a 6 a.m. flight from Richmond to back to Boston. So that was probably the one where I was like, if I yeah. never have to do it again, I'll be the happiest man alive. Yeah, I'm sure that was draining on you, too. Yeah, it was for sure. So what that are your game, I think was one. I think that game was a 1-1 tie, actually. But I should have saved the goal that you guys scored. <laughs> got piece of. So, what are your thoughts on like the USL in terms of in terms of the development for the US soccer and for the MLS? How do you feel about you know the development of it? I think it's great um, because it gives guys like me a chance to develop their game, um, who might not have had the chance to do that if they were just. Only the only option was to play in MLS, yeah. you know. So, yeah. see a guy like Adam Greenwich, who's at uh, Orlando City right now, who spent a ton of time in the USL. I think he was with Rochester and St. Louis, mm-hmm. and now he's getting he's played a couple games for Orlando City at the USL or at the MLS level now. So, like that's you know, it's just it's just an opportunity base. I think it's great for young guys. Like the more and more guys that are like getting signed as homegrowns is, is growing and yeah. it gives them an opportunity to play with men you know because they yeah. never really have yeah. play in games with men you know so that's that true. is that that's another thing and, and i think usl has ambition to become this i see them growing into small markets all over the u.s yeah, and i think I that's too. really good for the growth of the game i agree yeah. What were some things you already thought you were good at, but being in the MLS kind of changed your perspective on that? <laughs> Coming for crosses. <laughs> uh, like this rock solid dude in the air, but um, at this, you know, playing the MLS guy, the service is better. It's in the right areas. It's got more whip. It's got more bend. It's got, it's a, it's flatter. It's, you have to make your decisions a lot quicker. If you yeah. take a misstep, you get punished. Yep. So that would be probably my number one and two would be uh just being sound with your feet and and ready to um just sound sound with your feet and and able to connect passes through the lines yeah and and start it start attacks rather yeah. than just yeah. be a clearance machine yeah i agree with that it's the little things like that make the big difference how's yeah. well, because i've always prided myself on being a really good shot stopper so yeah. i think that if i add those you know, I think, and then this year in particular, I think my feet have come a very long way. Yeah. I think if I add that last little piece, I mean, I, I, the sky's the limit for me. Yeah. Repetition and stuff, like you're, like you're saying. So, sure. yeah. Good for you. What do you think are some of the key issues with U.S. soccer and how should we fix them? Uh, I just, personally, it's hard to say. Um, obviously, we don't have a coach now, right? Like a, a set coach and so on so yeah. i think that that's difficult but i think that um there's just the identity like you think of like english teams you're like okay they're gonna probably play a certain way 
And I think that once we find that identity with this new crop players, yeah, um, they, they're really successful because they need to spend more time together. Right. Some of these kids, because everyone's spread out around the world, and that it's like that everywhere. It's like they're like that in a lot of places, but even like a lot of the English guys, they all play in the English league. Right. A lot of the Spanish guys play in the Spanish league, so they have this little bit of bond, but. For like the, some of the top U.S. players being overseas, they are raised and and ex- have different experiences than a lot of the guys that someone like me. So say I'm there, it's, it might be difficult for me to have uh, like to relate to the experiences that Christian Pulisic has had. Yeah, like it might be difficult because he yeah. went overseas to you know I was in college like yeah, when yeah, he yeah. they're doing I was at literally at Fairfield yeah. at Clam Jam like you know so <laughs> just it's just different you know it's different it's just like a different kind of background but once those gaps are bridged I think it's yeah. going to be uh it'll be really good cuz there is a good crop of players out there right now I agree with that so you come from a little different background you know you didn't really play club growing up and or academy as well, but now that you're in the major leagues and you've been, you know, you know a great amount of people. Do you feel like the pay-to-play system has been holding us back a little bit with soccer in America? And when you, oh, let me ask you another question. You're coming from. It's hard because it's, it's hard because um, I don't think that people there. I don't think that in urban areas they look at soccer and say like, "That's my way out of here." I agree. That's my big paycheck. Yeah. That's how I can buy a house for my mom. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Realistically, if you're if you're going to get signed to an MLS team, like you're going to make the same that you would or less than if you were working a regular yeah. regular job in, in finance. So yeah. I don't think people look at the game and say like, okay, yeah. Well, if I play football, I'm going to get a $10 million signing bonus. <laughs> then I can do this and boom, right away I can take care of my whole family. Yeah. But Basketball, same I'm, way. There's not been a single guy making over ten million in, uh, in MLS, mm-hmm. you know. So mm-hmm. I don't think that they see the game like that. They don't see soccer as like the way that they would uh, alleviate all their problems. I agree with whereas that. Whereas some sports, they might. But that being said, you definitely lose out on a lot of potential talent because there are so many just more body like there's so many more bodies than than that have access to the game yeah. that would be interested in playing soccer if just given the opportunity yep. to so for me i i've done work with boston scores it's like a non-profit up here that nice. does i mean i think next year they'll have like 36 elementary and middle schools signed up for uh their program which is like wow soccer after school wow for for you know and they have teachers that are coaches and right and they compete in leagues and stuff so like that's something that boston does that is helping in my opinion to to bridge that gap and it, you know it's all free it's all nonprofit. so and uh and uh, for me the most important thing for all this is that you just enjoy it these kids like not everyone's going to be a pro you know so yeah i i just want people to enjoy it. when people ask me what should my kid be doing differently i said is he having fun playing soccer when yeah. he's eight years old yeah yeah he's having so much fun it's his favorite you're good. Keep it like You're good that. Because when he gets a little older, he'll say he'll he'll start saying, "Well, I want to be better, so I want to do this and that." You know, yeah. Like you can't like the parents can't be like all of a sudden. And, and the other thing I I think is hurt, not hurting, but 
man, I hate these damn training Instagram videos. <laughs> I know. Whatever, <laughs> <Step>, man. <laughs> Half the time, these guys don't even play soccer or are even at the top level themselves. So That's what I'm saying. It's because you can juggle the ball and hit the crossbar 20 times. That's Doesn't not mean soccer. It's yeah. <laughs> it's like just, when you, you would better serve just watching a game. Yeah. It's like when you see so, people who are... There is some stuff that could be good to, like, to like get out of it. But, like, those those nets with, like, the four circles, like... Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah, I know. That's, fun. That's my two cents on that. Do you feel like playing another sport helped you in your soccer career? As a goalkeeper, 100%. Um, but I think overall it would help anybody because it's just a development of your... Hand eye coordination, hand eye coordination, yeah. and movement skills. So you really because think? Because there's mm-hmm. that gone. No, I was gonna say. So you really think basketball helped you out tremendously because your hand eye coordination was and baseball too. Yeah, yeah. hand eye. Well, basketball, you just you learn how people move. Yeah. A, a little bit, you know. So I think that it's good and like the vision and reactions in basketball like are translate really well to being a goalkeeper. But what I really liked about baseball was like playing in the infield and like having to react and learn how to dive cleanly and manage your body um, and stuff like that. And obviously hand-eye for hitting and stuff. But um, baseball is a lot about rhythm and timing and basketball was more about like brute athleticism, you know. So I think like having all those aspects in my arsenal was helpful. For sure. How do you – how do you feel about the college game now that you're a pro? A pro? Would you go back and go the same route? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I think that the college game is going to need to uh, take a uh, evolve yeah. uh, in a way that lines up with what U.S. soccer demands from people at that age. Because it's a prime. I mean, 18 to 22 is so hard to develop players yeah. at, the, at those age. I was really lucky. I had this amazing goalkeeper coach in college, but I can't say the same would happen would have happened for me at, at another school. You yeah, know? Yeah, I agree. Uh, so I think that um, they'll need to uh, like it's semi year round, but I think it should compete year round. Yeah. Um, and I think that coaches should have either some sort of pro level experience or, you know, at least licensed mm-hmm. in the way that they should be, mm-hmm. um, particularly at the division one level. And I think that, uh, I mean, maybe it doesn't have to run. Like you can take a, like, I think it could go August to late November, December, January off. Like I know it's hard for teams in the Northeast to play in February, but yeah. I mean, you can have those like, you can have like tournaments at like those schools in warmer climates. Yeah, you know how they preseason tournaments yeah. in August places. Like you could do something similar. I agree. Um, it would be a ton of planning, but a year-round system where guys get used to that calendar year, yeah. like those longer months. Like, I mean, my first year felt like it was the longest year ever <laughs> in New England because it's just I wasn't used to playing soccer yeah. from what I, I started late January. And ended in late October, and the only I'd ever, I mean that's training basically every day. Yeah. Um, college, it was like boom, 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 boom for three months. Three months. And that's then it. it. Was over. That's it. You're not. You're playing that's enough competing. Maybe twenty games in a year. You're lucky if you're well, making the NCAA tournament and stuff. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I completely agree with that. 
do you, with all these, you know, I'm sure you've seen 15, 16 year olds now in the USL dominating and they're playing really well and now they're going the pro route. Would you kind of go to the pro route now if you knew you had an opportunity to go pro coming from an MLS academy or, or an academy in general? Or would you still, you know, go to kind of the education around, get your degree and play college ball as well? Um, I think it just depends. But for me, I would have been college all the way. Um, it's hard to say looking back because of how I was brought up. I wasn't surrounded in those environments yeah. where um, – where it's like glorified almost but for me i mean my parents were always like you're going to college you're going to college you're going to college no matter what you want to go to college even if you're going to be a pro like you got to finish college you got yeah same um that's just how i was brought up and that's how i I never faltered in that oh crap sorry (laughs) i never really faltered in that so um i don't know i think that if there's real opportunity for for guys to to, to go they should take the chance there's yeah. a lot of uh, resources that mls even has in place for guys to get their degrees oh wow um very cheaply like southern new hampshire so mm-hmm. there's and and after you play i mean you can always become this an assistant at a college mm. and uh, and get free education free, that way, yeah so. yeah that's very true right. what do yeah. you think the mls needs to do to keep improving and producing players for the national team and how important is it for yeah. the mls to keep growing yeah, I mean it's it's massive. I think it, the quality is getting better and better every year. Um, there's no easy games anymore. Right. Um, and I think that it's um, excuse me. I think that um, we need to get more teams competing at the highest level in Concacaf. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, you'll start to see like this parity. I think once once that happens, like the teams that are willing to spend and and grow that way and mm-hmm. and. Are, competing like again like look toronto's incredible run last year mm-hmm. and you know it's a shame they didn't like i think that it's important that we beat mexico in like one of those tournaments and and get a win and and you know and then you know maybe we can start growing off of that you yeah. know and and there people are also teams are investing in younger talent around yeah. the world yeah uh, i think that's really helpful for the league too because um it's not always going to be these, you know, Zlatan's great and he's done so well, like yeah. 21 goals. I mean, yeah. That's impressive, right? you know, but every every 30-plus-year-old has, has panned out in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. So what yeah. kind of motivates you to keep following your dreams? <clears throat> I mean, I've just always been a goal-oriented person and I just want to, I want to compete at the highest level I can, I can compete at. Um, and I think that I'd, um, doing that would make me really happy if I've already done that Yeah. and I try to go someplace and, and, and I can't, and I don't succeed there. That means that I maxed out on my soccer potential and, yeah. and, uh, and just, you know, I, th- I really am a firm believer in like the power that this game has to bring people together. And I yeah. want to be an ambassador for the game, like for the rest of my life. Like, right. I think it's crazy to me when some of the social, social political issues out there. And for me, it's like the people that I've just come to know through soccer. And, and if people would just get on the soccer field with somebody like those problems, like all just like go, go away. away. And yeah. it's crazy to me that, that how many people I've related to. I mean, like I went to Brazil and faked Portuguese for five weeks right. and made a great friend. And, <laughs> and I just think that, um, 
Yeah, like it's crazy. Bro. Yeah, I just think that soccer is just an amazing game for for that reason, and and uh, it's really special. I hold it close to my heart, and uh, hopefully, I get to like play in like or be in a World Cup because yeah. that's what made me fall in love in, with the game. So, yeah. being a part of a U.S. team that goes to a World Cup would be something. I mean, that's on the list, man. Yeah, I, that's the goals for me too as well, and I agree with that too. I yeah, mean. Yeah. I've traveled to Europe a good amount, and just they look at me and they think of basketball, or football, straight from the jump. And then mm-hmm. I'm on, I'm playing on the courts in Spain with some random kids, and they're like, "Man, like you can move the ball, you know the game." Like it's crazy how everybody loves it worldwide except for America, and that's just the beauty of this game, just because you can travel anywhere right. in the world, and people know the game. Right. What are do you still have totally, some uh, short term and long term goals? Uh, yeah, I mean, well, the shortest terms are probably the most variant. Um, but I mean, I would love to win my starting job back right now. It's <laughs> currently not, not, not in the 11. So that's what I've been working for every single day. But, um, it was always my dream to use soccer, like as a travel passport. Yeah. So, um, getting over overseas somewhere would be, you know, would be ideal like i would love to uh to have the, the opportunity to play play somewhere and uh and just experience a different culture for a bit and and uh yeah that's probably probably my biggest my like one short and one long that i'll give you yeah 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 i agree with that how do you yeah. use your use your platform to affect others you said i you're, wish i, I I don't really use it too much, but I do a lot. Like I do work with Boston Scores. Uh, I love doing um, like children's hospital visits. Yeah, I've seen uh, a good amount of that. I've done like a couple. Of, I've done lots of those. So stuff, stuff like that. I mean, I, I, I'm I try to be really involved with the community. I work at uh, clinics, um, like soccer clinics. Yeah. there so whatever you know the team that you know they come with to you with like appearance opportunities and mm. those are the ones i usually i usually take up so and you are, said uh, you talked to your old high school as well talking back to the kids i mean all those little things yeah that's another one talk to talk to kids and i'm still actually in really uh close touch with the current varsity soccer coach at uh, my high school um so they're having a good year so that's good i was thinking about uh being able to get out there uh, maybe next weekend and, and see a game. So yeah, that's dope. Sweet. What advice? Would because you... sometimes you forget that these kids look at you and yeah, and like, you know. I know, right? Yeah. We it's think crazy. we're just regular people and just doing our everyday job, but like to everyone else so who's that. younger than us, it's like they're idolizing us a little bit. <laughs> For sure. What advice would you give to young players who want to become professionals? My, I think I said it before. There's like twofold advice. One is have fun and like just love what you're doing. And two is watch as much soccer as you can. Not BS Instagram videos. Watch the game being played at the highest level. Yeah. Don't just watch. Watch a certain player who plays in your position. See how he moves and, and right. does things. That's what I always say. Yeah, I agree with that. Or she. Or she. Right. Or she, you know, watching the U.S. women's games have been pretty fun, pretty entertaining lately. Yeah, I think they just qualified for the World Cup last night, too. Yeah, big time. Mm -hmm. So, Matt, I appreciate you coming on the show. 
It's awesome having Bro, you. Hey, man. Hey, this is one of the best episodes I've had yet, so I appreciate you again. Well, I'll take that. I'll take that. You can send me my check. Whenever, bro. <laughs> I got you. I got you. So thank you to all. For real, man. Good luck in the playoffs, brother. I appreciate that, bro. Really you too. Awesome. Keep killing it. Thanks, man. Not the playoffs, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, of course. Take care of yourself, all right? <laughs> we'll talk soon. All right, bro. Yeah. Appreciate Sounds you, bro. Good. Have a good one. You too. Thank you to all Backyard Footy listeners. Thank you for subscribing and following along for my 13th episode now. It's much appreciated. I can't thank you guys enough for the feedback and love. It means a lot.